Hello and welcome to Potions and Poltergeists. I'm Ryan. And I'm Madison. And we are back in business. <laughs> <laughs> We're back yet again. <laughs> yeah, and usually wearing black. I mean, I know I, I always am, so oh, in, a, in a way we're back in black. Yeah. I am too. Yeah, we gotta keep up that, the yeah. witchy gothness that comes with reviewing uh, horror movies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed. Oh, I'm so excited to be doing this. Yeah, it's we like, have a good one today. We have um, a great one. I we think we went through that. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I think we mentioned it um, on our last little uh, kind of mini-sode that we did when we were um, together. Um, and we actually, this so this was a pick of mine from back a few months ago. Obviously, we talked <laughs> about how <laughs> we kind of had that lapse in making content, obviously. Um, we actually have two episodes that are just kind of lost in the sauce. Um, (laughs) and hopefully we'll get to get them out and i'm not gonna worry about that right now we are pushing forward but in the midst of that we got fan mail which was like the cutest and best thing i've ever experienced in my life (laughs) yeah it was so sweet it was so sweet marnie yes marnie Marnie. from scotland she sent us um a bunch of just top tier suggestions, honestly. But I think one of the first ones that she mentioned was Wes Craven's 1996 Scream, the original. And that's what I picked because I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. And holy shit, it was fun. It's so fun. (laughs) We actually got to watch this together. Yes, that was like so, that was such a fun thing. (laughs) Yeah, so before... So Ryan came to visit me and that's when we recorded the last episode. And then before she left, we watched Scream and we were going to record that episode, but then she had to get on a plane. So yeah. we didn't. So we're doing it now. <laughs> so we're doing it now. I thought that was fun though, because I actually there's enough time in between like when our schedules and stuff lined up to where like we had the experience of watching it together, which was super mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. But then time passed and then um, I actually was able to watch it again with like fresher eyes. And it's really interesting. Like I felt like we had like a lot of fun commentary while we were watching it together. But I even noticed this is like such a it's such a good movie. (laughs) So much. Yeah, it really is. It's just it's like fun, but it's also good because you know how sometimes you have those fun, scary movies that are like, you know, there were some plot holes I had my issues but overall like I had a good time but this is like good well thought out scary but fun it's so good I think you and I we kind of made the same we had the same point when we were watching it together we were like okay this was like not like this is so much better than I remember it being when I watched it when I was younger like it's so good yeah, because I think I think I was in high school the last time I saw it. Thanks. And you know what? Looking back, I'm like, did I even see the first one or did I watch the second one? Interesting. <laughs> I think I saw the second one now that I think about it. But yeah, I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen any Scream movie. And I had yes. 
not low expectations, but the expectations that I had were definitely blown away. Yes, I, I totally agree. I wasn't like, I, I was excited because I was like, oh, that's kind of a fun, that's a classic. But I was not expecting to like love it. And oh my God, like doing research and stuff on it and learning even more about it. I was like, yeah. this is like a perfect movie. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's phenomenal. So thank you once again, Marnie, for the suggestion. Um, seriously, top yeah. tier. Yeah. Uh, you know what I will say, though, that I think is interesting is um, I think, in a way, I was too young. Because I know I watched this when I was in high school. And mm-hmm. I think there was, like, a lot of references and stuff that are totally enjoyable now as somebody who's, like... I don't know. Like we, we kind of have yeah. reformed horror palettes <laughs> a little yeah. bit just because we've watched so much of it. You know, we're like quite a bit older. It's like 10 years later. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stuff. And I mean, this movie is so fourth wall breaking, so meta, so referential. Mm-hmm. It kind of like paved the way for the whole thing that is a, a huge part of horror. I guess it always has been where it's like, you know, you reference other films yeah and I think I didn't know enough of the references to enjoy it as much as I did like yeah even from the get-go like there's a bunch of um, Halloween references and like we did Halloween our podcast but I had never seen it until we like really sat down and watched it like I said like I think Mm -hmm. I had seen it in passing but I had never like put a critical eye on it yeah Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's a horror movie, and the characters are, like, big horror movie fans. Yeah. (laughs) What else did you ask for? Right. Yeah. So, um, should we just get rolling? It's been so long. I'm like, how do we... I know. (laughs) (laughs) How do we do this? I've got eight pages of notes. Should we go over... Yeah, just maybe, like, like an intro... Yeah. So, for all of you who don't know, uh, this film came out in 1996. This was a Wes Craven movie. So, for those of you who are maybe not super familiar, he did, like, the entire um, Freddy... Well, I'm going to mess that up. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like Freddy Krueger. That's not the name yeah. of the series. I mean, um, same difference. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> he did um, People Under the Stairs and some other great stuff. I'm drawing a blank on. Here, let me pull him up real quick. Let's let's get the whole catalog. <laughs> He's kind of up there though, as far as like um, classic. Uh, horror movie directors like with uh Romero and John Carpenter oh my gosh there are so many Nightmare on Elm Street movies holy guacamole (laughs) Uh, and there should have been (laughs) oh okay the hills have eyes last house on the left Nightmare on Elm Street yeah like oh my god I what what how what was was anybody asking for those i don't i don't know (laughs) okay hold on 18 19 20 21 22 23 24 25 26 27 28 so okay (laughs) we've got 28 different 
versions of Nightmare on Elm Street related content not counting the video games (laughs) not counting the video games wow that is that's a lot lot. I don't know I never uh... I didn't know that many different existed I didn't either period no just kidding (laughs) (laughs) that's a lot though that's so many. Oh my god. Wes Craven. So I thought he was I thought he's done a lot more than that. Maybe as a producer. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I think okay. so too, because I I was also looking at his like direct that those are uh, uh his Jesus, I can't talk. Those oh, are those the are ones his writing credits. Okay. I was looking at the writing credits for all the Freddy Krueger things. Okay. Wow. Okay. So it's not as bad the ones he's directed, but he's written for a <laughs> lot of different Freddy Krueger type. Ooh, he's acted in things. We don't care. But that's cool. But we don't care. But we don't. It's not really pertinent <laughs> to our conversation. No. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and they worry. So let me see. What do? Okay. So, yes, this is a West Craven production. It was written by. Uh, Kevin Williamson and actually has a really interesting story so Kevin Williamson wrote this uh, John Hughes style in three days it was just like a brilliant idea that came to him and he's like okay I have to write this down finished this entire script in three days and was like okay and now I need to sell it and um, at first there were a lot of people who were interested and then they were like oh no this is like insanely gory like you you really need to you know calm nobody's gonna want to buy this and actually several different companies wanted to buy it so i think um miramax miramax ended up with it but um there was a bidding war and then it's just so funny because part of the reason why this film i think is so substantial and so great is it is it's so bloody it is (laughs) it is a true gory slasher film and there were even points like post-production where Wes Craven was like submitting it. And they were like, you cannot pass. This is like, we're going to have to slap an NC-17 rating on this. Mm-hmm. And he was like, literally, no, shut up. I'm not cutting anything. And just re- waited a little bit and then resubmitted it. And they were like, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> and you can have the R rating. Yeah, I I read that they used, let's see, where did I write my note? Uh, 50 gallons of blood. <laughs> That's but just that spectacular. There's so much I want to talk about, about <laughs> even the effects and the blood. Like, it's just, it's done yeah. so well. Yeah. Oh. So should we give like a plot summary and then dive into the details? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Cool, cool. Um, so (laughs) this movie is basically about a mysterious murderer. Um, they call him Ghostface. I didn't hear that, that they don't call him that in the movie though, right? Uh, they do when, uh, Tatum, there's a point where Tatum is face to face with the killer and she says, please, Mr. Ghostface, don't kill me. I want to be in the sequel. And I think that's the only uh, time they actually hear that. Yeah, in that's this. right. I think it's like in more of the sequels, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. Cause I was like, 
I could not remember for the life of me what the murderer's name was called. What? <laughs> what the name was called? You know what I'm trying to say. I what his name like... was. <laughs> yes. And then I was looking through like an interviews and stuff to get, you know, some stuff to talk about for this. Yeah. And I was like, ghost face. That's right. Why couldn't I think of that? They don't. Yeah. They don't really like say it in the movie, but basically he's a mysterious murderer who wears uh, the famous green mask. If you haven't seen it, I don't know what to tell you. You grew you've, up. You've seen it. Yeah, you've, you have seen it. If you grew yeah. up post nineteen eighty six, you have seen it. If because you if you look it up, you'll recognize it. That's, yeah, every yeah. single time going trick or treating, you saw like at least I remember being like, "Lame, you're gonna be ghost face. Like you're gonna wear the scream mask. Like that's just such a lame costume because it's yeah. easy the mask, and you'd see like ten of them. Yeah. Every- patrolling your uh your block for candy (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah but uh so our main character uh sydney played by is it neve or nev campbell so it is actually nev i did not know that i was never a huge party of five fan i'm sorry i I do love matthew fox but i was never a huge party of five fan Mm -hmm. and um so i had only ever known her in the credits as like neve and then i actually just watched a uh, a panel that's like a Comic Con panel that was done last Ooh. month with Pete Ulrich and Matthew Lillard showed up yeah. to this little. It's not even like a real Comic Con. It was a <laughs> Steel City Con, and they did a panel about Scream that's last so month, which was great. But they actually were that. talking about her, and they referred to her as Nev. Okay. Yeah, because I was thinking it was Neve, and then I, heard, I did too. <laughs> I, I watched an interview with Wes Craven, and he kept saying Nev, and I was like, okay, you can't even pronounce her name. <laughs> See, I feel like the Neve would be a cooler name than Nev, but whatever. It's yeah, fine. it's but it, it's it all works out, and we it love does. her anyway, and she's beautiful. Nev just sounds like it's short for Neville, though. Like now Neville I'm just Longbottom. gonna think of her as Neville. No. Her real name is Neville Longbottom Campbell. <laughs> Even if her name was Neville Longbottom, she is. Oh my god, she's so pretty. She is. She so could get away with it. She'd be like, yeah. "Hi, I'm Neville," and you'd be like, "Okay, that's a beautiful name." And I'd be like, "Come slap my Longbottom." What? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I love that. I love that. We're keeping that in. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so she plays our main character, Sydney. Sydney, mm-hmm. wow, I had like a, a, a mucus moment. I was like, Sydney, Sydney, we name. love her. Sydney, <laughs> we love Sydney. She's so beautiful. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know what I'm doing. It's what Ned about. Campbell just the image of her does. It's like he can't even handle it. I get it. I'm, <laughs> my, I'm with you. <laughs> my sinus is just immediately like closed up because I'm so, I don't know. Anyway, um, so Sydney is, um, she has an interesting backstory. Her mother was raped and murdered. And uh, so it's just her and her dad. And she's got a boyfriend. She's got her little group of friends. And one day they find out that one of their classmates was murdered. And they're like... Who would have done this? So she's got a little group of friends and they're trying to figure out who the murderer is and everything kind of comes to a head at this party 
at her friend Stuart's house. Stuart is played by the lovely Matthew Lillard. Mm-hmm. Um, and should we just do spoilers or should we just say shit goes down? Um, you guys don't listen to this podcast not wanting spoilers. That's so. true. We you spoil know the what. shit out of everything. You know I think what? The, <laughs> the rule that we have been assigned to is we are not allowed to spoil sequels of films and we are not allowed to spoil other movies in the episode but we can't we're we are we have um we have decided to spoil everything within yes the, the movie that we're talking about <laughs> yes indeed all right so. well i'm just gonna skip over there's a lot of like details there's a lot of great scenes i'm just skipping we'll over that it. yeah but basically what happens is this party and a bunch of people start dying and um then we find out who the killers are and what do you know they're actually sydney's boyfriend billy played by skeet ulrich and then uh stewart matthew lillard and um Oh, it's so great. Like the scene where, okay, we'll talk about it later, but I'm going to talk about <laughs> it now. Um, <laughs> it's so creepy to me. So there's the scene where they confront uh, Sydney and they're like, yep, we're the killers. And this is how we're going to kill you. And we're going to pit everything on your dad. Yeah. It's um, a great, like we really are just like full blown spoilers, but it is like such yeah. a good slow burn, honestly. Yeah, it is. There's so much that leads up. Like, I'm, I really jumped to the end here. It's okay. Like we're going to talk about everything else in a minute. Honestly, it's, <laughs> you know, it's one of those old movies. And I feel like mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it, there's a lot of memes and stuff out to where, like, I think you kind of know that, that Billy and Stu are the murderers. Like, if you, if yeah. you know anything about this movie, because there's so many iconic, and like, we'll get into it, but there's like mm-hmm. very iconic scenes, very, um, just beautiful cinematography great Mm -hmm. shots like I was even thinking like when we promote no when we do stuff like on our twitter how we always like Mm -hmm. step out I was like there's no way that we're not gonna use some of those shots for the promotion because everybody knows them I feel like yeah doing this movie is like if you haven't seen scream by now like I'm sorry like it's it was I was two years old when this movie came out (laughs) yeah it's been out for a hot minute so it's your fault at this point if you haven't seen it. I'm sorry. Honestly, it's on. I, every time I was googling it and looking at stuff, it's on TV all the time. Like it it's really, on TV today. It's probably. <laughs> I will say though, I would probably recommend just like where did we watch it? I think on Amazon. Did we no, rent it on Amazon? We watched it on HBO Max. <gasps> That's right. It was yeah. on HBO Max. Okay. Well, you which know, guys. Actually, if you don't have HBO Max, like I, I really, I pay the ten dollars or whatever it is a month because it's so worth it. There's so much good stuff. <laughs> there is a lot of amazing stuff on there, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I say just like rent it if you don't have HBO Max. Like watch the actual thing because what you're gonna see on TV obviously will be like edited for TV. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's so worth it to just watch the full thing it in is. its entirety unedited so do yeah, it it's perfect yeah. uh Wes Craven did not go back and forth to the people 
who give you movie ratings for you <laughs> not to watch the yes. full version. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So. Sorry. We kind of got no, derailed there. That's okay. Um, hmm. All right. Okay. So they're confronting Sydney and they say like, we're the killers, but we're going to frame your dad and we're going to kill you. But to make it look like they're not the killers, they're like we have to injure each other so they start like stabbing each other and that creeps me out so much i know i know it's so good yeah especially because stewart like um billy accidentally stabs stewart a little too deep and then stewart's like actually kind of dying and you're like oh it's so gross yeah so it's right, we can't give away the whole cow. We gotta, we gotta build it up first. No, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. No, it's <laughs> like, fine. It's fine. My favorite part. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I mean, it it ends happily, you know. Uh, Sydney yeah. and her dad go free, and there's not a huge body count. There's like, I mean, it's not like t- there was. No. There were a lot of kids at the party, and a lot of them got out. That's true. There's a lot of stabbings, but not a lot of death. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's green. (laughs) Perfect. Perfectly surmised. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, yeah. Really cool thing about this movie is you have to think like 96. So Mm -hmm. this is in an era before the internet really, I mean, the internet was around, but it wasn't like it is today and mm-hmm. um if you were gonna see a movie you went to the theaters and you like checked out you, like you knew movies were coming out because of their trailers mm-hmm. and really interesting so the trailer features drew barrymore who is obviously an icon um and she was really popular at the time and she was actually she was cast originally to play sydney Yes, but and she then, wanted to be Casey. Yes, which is such a cool thing because everybody, um, basically the the feel that you got from this, if you were like, oh, we're going to go see that new movie, we're going to go see Scream, you think that she's a protagonist. Mm-hmm. And then they do this brilliant thing where she is in the opening sequence, um, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They killed her off within 10 minutes. <laughs> which is just if you're talking about opening sequences this is one of the best right yeah it's, it's been done it's been made fun of and scary movie <laughs> yeah which is kind of funny looking back because like so scream is obviously a serious horror movie but mm-hmm. there are a lot of elements that are kind of like we're very self-aware that this is a horror movie and we know the tropes and we're aware of that and we're kind of poking fun at them but at the same time we're like showing you the flip side of it I don't know I don't know how to describe it but it's like it's not a parody but it parodies some elements of horror and then you have scary movie parodying this movie Yes. I don't know. And it's also kind of funny because Scream was supposed to be called Scary Movie and then they changed it. Which is, and you know what else is really funny? Mm -hmm. I was um, just like on IMDb and looking stuff up. So the cinematographer who actually did Scream has also done the Scary Movies, which I find really interesting. I think that's funny. funny. (laughs) Yeah, that's really funny. I kind of think 
Um, I'm, I know we're probably getting off topic here. You're I think fine. Scream inspired a lot of movies. I think yes. without Scream, we wouldn't have, like, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Like, all those totally. kind of teen, scary movie kind of yes. movies. And we wouldn't have the scary movie movies, which, you know, I I, will, I don't think I've ever seen those, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I don't think I've had a... <laughs> really? You've never watched a desire. Oh my god, they're so dumb. They're kind of great, but they're terrible. Like they're the <laughs> stupidest things you've ever seen in your life. But they're yeah. Like I mean, Anna Ferris is just is it Anna Anna Ferris? Anna Ferris? I don't know. She's in One all of them. them, and she's yeah. she's lovely. She's great. So she's like, she's uh, if I'm remembering correctly, it's been so long since I've seen any of those scary movies. But I think she mm-hmm. she they obviously do this sequence because it's iconic. Um, mm-hmm. And it really is iconic, like Drew Barrymore and her brown lipstick with her cream sweater, and she's just making Jiffy Pop, getting ready to watch a movie, and her boyfriend's going to come over, and then the phone rings. It's like, it doesn't get much more iconic than that, honestly. Yeah. It's really funny, too, because, so we watched uh, Fear Street 1994 together. And we were, like, going nuts about how everything was spot on except for the makeup. And then we watched Scream and we're like, see? 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 (laughs) You're telling me no one has that brown lip. Literally. No one. Nobody. Who has it? Yeah. If you watch, and it's just, it's so frustrating. Oh, my God. (laughs) Especially because you, like, I was on Tumblr earlier also. Mm -hmm. Like, people don't use Tumblr anymore. And I do because, fuck you. Like, even though Yahoo... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> bought it. It was still good. There's still good content. In mm. uh, Fear Street is actually there's a ton of sequences that mirror frame for frame Scream. Oh, that's really so okay. Yeah, obviously, that makes sense. they were yeah. watching these movies. Yeah. So where where's the lip liner? That's where's all the... I want to know. If you anyway. watch Scream and you look at the way that their makeup is done, like there's no point in the movie really where Sydney's even wearing mascara that was like a total 90s thing mm-hmm. where it was like very soft eye makeup and then bold yeah. lips and you're like okay but then why are you like with your streets like why are you wearing winged liner yeah absolutely not yeah I don't understand and <laughs> I, I should stop but every time I think of that movie I'm just like oh, it was it was pretty good but like what how you okay anyway moving on it makes me very angry (laughs) especially on hindsight like yeah i'm not a i'm not a fan um so yeah so for those of you who haven't i guess we'll kind of do like more of an in-depth i will just go through it kind of yeah not scene by scene but you know story by storyline yeah (laughs) as we do as we've done in the past yes um so drew is home she gets a phone call she's making jiffy pop she's gonna watch a movie and um this is where the trope which has been done in other films where they're like the killers on the phone kind of originated from and this is really interesting because it could not have been done this is 96 Mm -hmm. this movie wouldn't be possible without cell phones yeah that's very true and this was early enough to where they actually call them mobile phones <laughs> yeah. in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Do you have your mobile? Yeah, but the idea that there's somebody outside and, you know, they're like, oh, who is And she's like, oh, it's a wrong number, whatever. And then he calls back and, you know, he's like, oh, I'm going to get you, basically. And she's like, no, no, you can't get me. 
the idea that somebody could be on the phone with you while you're on your landline mm-hmm. and they're watching you. I think part of that, you, the use, like that's a really good thought when you think about it for like the era that it came out in. Yeah. That like, that's a, that's a great way to utilize how scary a cell phone could be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, there's, like, another scene. This is jumping ahead a little mm-hmm. bit, but um, Billy comes to visit Sydney after she was attacked by Ghostface, and a cell phone falls out of his pocket, and that makes her suspicious of him. And it's, like, today, <laughs> when everyone yeah. has a cell phone, <laughs> like, that wouldn't make you suspicious. But, like, at the time, when they were relatively new and not everybody had them, yeah, it was probably totally. suspicious. Yeah. There's just so many funny things because like you were kind of saying earlier, this is such a meta movie. It is really um, referential of the genre and it's very Mm self-aware and they do poke a lot of fun. Like there's a point where Drew's on the phone with Ghostface and she's talking about Nightmare on Elm Street and she is like, oh, the first one was good, but the rest sucked, which is hilarious because that's just Wes Craven making fun of himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Or, like, later, Sydney's best friend, Tatum, is, like, sounds like a Wes Carpenter movie. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. There's just, I'm, it's so, it's so hard to condense something that's so great, because this is really one of those movies where you are going to enjoy every second of it. Like, I watched it yeah. with uh, my partner, and <laughs> he had never seen it, and he loved it, and we were watching it, and the one of the best things that they do throughout this movie is you you're constantly guessing so mm-hmm. like obviously it's been spoiled already and it's pretty much been spoiled forever pop culture yeah you know? forever there's no going back no. <laughs> <laughs> but somehow he had avoided seeing all that and he was like is it the dad is it this is it is it dewey is it and and you really don't know at one point henry winkler is the principal in this movie and he's like is it fonzie is fonzie the killer and they do a good job of kind of keeping you on your toes where you're like i don't i if you hadn't seen it before or you hadn't had it spoiled for you you would not know yeah which is great yeah it's a horror movie it's a murder mystery movie it's funny it's suspenseful it's gory it's fun it is fun. And part of the thing about Ghostface, too, is they have the classic, you know, voice deepening thing. So they there's no way there's no identifiable voice. Interestingly mm-hmm. enough, they actually cast somebody completely <laughs> removed yeah. from the entire cast to do the vo- the voice of Ghostface. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. And no one had ever met him. Roger yes. Jackson is his name. Thank you. <laughs> welcome. Yeah, but yeah, none of the cast ever met him. So he was like, literally, it was just like, literally a ghost voice, (laughs) just detached from a person because I think he actually did call them when he was when they were doing their lines. Yes. And which is so great. So Mm -hmm. that was totally a thing. And there's a point where Drew Barrymore actually calls 911. And the location that they were filming at, that was a real phone. That was a real landline. And they literally didn't. Uh, they didn't disconnect the line before they filmed. So she called 911 at one point. Oh, God. And they heard Drew Barrymore screaming and, like, police came. Oh, good. <laughs> and they were like, um, this isn't, 
which is what it looks like (laughs) (laughs) it got the life cast of drew barrymore up in the tree and everybody's right (laughs) so what that's what's that (laughs) what's going on here (laughs) we talked about it a little bit but it's really interesting so she was originally um cast as the lead sydney Mm -hmm. prescott and she decided that she wanted to play casey who dies in this after those opening sequence Mm mm-hmm because she was like okay this has been you know basically shown to be this way and it will keep you know it'll make everybody constantly guessing Mm -hmm. if they don't know you know if they think that i'm going to be in this movie and i'm only in it for 10 minutes which is really interesting because you think of who she was at that time like she absolutely should have been the lead i mean nev did an amazing job but, like, if you were making the movie, you would probably want Drew Barrymore to be your lead, right? Yeah, because of her star power. Because she's got star power. She's such a queen. And her <laughs> performance in this is actually so realistic. Like, we talked about this a little bit when we were watching it together. Um, mm-hmm. There's actually, like, a lot of criticism because instead of, like, running, so as soon as Ghostface, like, makes it appearance, he says, like, this iconic, creepy line where she's like, what do you want? And he says, to see what your insides look like. And so you're like, ooh, creepy. Like, oh, my God, he's, she's going to get murdered. Mm-hmm. And your typical horror movie protagonist would probably either run away or run straight for a weapon or something and what she actually does is kind of have an anxiety attack yeah eventually she gets around to i think she grabs a letter opener and a knife at at one point but there's a portion of this conversation where ghostface is antagonizing her and they're playing a game right on the phone i feel like i'm totally butchering this (laughs) No, you're doing great. Better than the one I gave. <laughs> no, 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 no. So I'm um, part of what Ghostface wants and part of the shtick of the Scream movie. And I, I think it continues into the franchise as well. I won't spoil or speak for any of the other movies, but it's kind of the the reason they've got their victim picked out and then they call and they actually play a game. They say, well, you have to play a game. And it's horror movie trivia, <laughs> mm-hmm. which honestly is just like a horror director's wet dream. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, but it provides for like a lot. We were saying like a lot of that um, really interesting, very self-aware content uh, in mm-hmm. the script. And so basically she answers a question incorrectly and she's cowering and um they base they're like oh you know go outside or whatever and she doesn't go outside but she finds out that her boyfriend is in the backyard and oh no he's butchered and that's like already right in we're like five minutes into the movie yeah and there's like intestines spilling out on the lawn chair yes that was strike one for the nc-17 rating yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) they were like holy shit we were just like watching cute drew barrymore barefoot popping around her kitchen and now there's like intestine this yeah it's been five minutes (laughs) (laughs) yeah they start quick they really do um one thing i noticed about this movie is i was like okay mental note if you guys don't do it already make sure you lock your doors just like when you get home (laughs) so if if somebody calls to murder you you don't have to run around scrambling to lock them 
Yes. You know, you're already yeah. taken care of. <laughs> yeah. And maybe invest in some blinds or yeah. curtains or something. All these people live in these glass houses with it just open windows. No. <laughs> I don't know. Just like get some curtains. Nobody Let's needs see. to see your business anyway. Okay. Anyway. Um, so interesting. I, I mentioned it just a minute ago, but um, Drew Barrymore is barefoot throughout the entire portion of the movie that she's in and she actually had that in her contract because she was like I hate wearing shoes and I'm inside my house I don't want to wear shoes the entire time I'm on set oh my god I love that and I was just like a queen no shoes no shoes 2022 (laughs) yes so as we all know um at this point unfortunately she ends up you know running out of the house running away making a fight but she is brutally murdered she gets stabbed in the chest over and over again and they do a great job as far as like blood blossoming kind mm-hmm. of from wounds like that was something i noticed um on the rewatch of this movie is like a lot of the times in horror films you'll see like the initial stab and then it'll cut and mm-hmm. then it'll go back and you see the gore or whatever they yeah. do a really good job with i'm sure utilizing that 50 gallons of blood that they <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah where immediate it literally looks like how it would if somebody was getting murdered which again is just brutal yeah but and um it's, it's heartbreaking too because like yes her parents get home as she's being stabbed and she's like calling out for them but she can't like vocalize anymore so they don't hear her but she's like she sees them she got home or they got home like she could have been saved but they can't hear her scream there's something so horrifying about your parents literally being there but they don't see you yeah it's so creepy and then they pick up the phone to call 911 and she's on the line and they're like Mm -hmm. hear her like last spluttering breaths and there's yeah. actually a great little um, reference point in there, too, where her father turns to her mother and he says, drive down to the Mackenzie's, which is a reference to Halloween. Yes. Where our queen, Jamie Lee, Jamie Lee tells the kids to walk down to uh, walk down to the Mackenzie's house. So yeah. they start off strong with the references. And oh, yeah. It doesn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we spent a long time with the opening sequence, but it's it's so it's so good. It like deserves it's it. Really good. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's such a great opener to the movie because it's it just starts so heavy. Like it does. You're just thrown into the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think on like my memory of it was very like oh it's kind of goofy, and it's like when you rewatch that opening sequence, it's like woof. No, they're not messing around. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know what? I think it might have, how do I word things anymore? <laughs> I think if you are familiar with the TV edited version, it probably seems goofy because I think they did cut out a lot of the gore. Oh, sure. I mean, it would probably be silly to just see like, oh, what's your favorite scary movie? And then all of a sudden Drew Barrymore is stabbed and then it probably just cut to the next scene without 
you know? Yeah. I mean, they literally have a shot where she's hanging with her guts ripped open, like hanging like ropes. And she's her neck is tied with a noose in a tree. Like, it's disgusting. Yeah, It's great, though, because so when I was watching that, I was like, how do they film things like that? Like, how do they get Drew up there? Like, how does that how does that work? They actually made a life cast dummy of her. Oh, no way. Yeah, it's so realistic looking that you really think that's her. No kid. Yeah, I literally would not have known that. That's so cool. Yeah, they have it's shot from like a really wide angle. Like it's it's far enough away to where it totally looks like her. But like, so they have a picture of it on the Wikipedia page for Scream. Yeah, and like it, it's it's realistic. It's no joke. So like, definitely look that up. Because it's weird. I'm totally gonna look that up. I love that. (laughs) It's so good. It looks just like her, but just like a hairless. Like if she shaved her head and her eyebrows, that's that's what it would look like. <laughs> Drew Barrymore never has to shave her head and her eyebrows unless she wants to. Yeah, I mean she could work it, but she could, she could. You know, um, another her. interesting note because um, I feel like we're probably gonna move move on from Drew, um, mm-hmm. but Timothy Oliphant is in Scream Two, which I love mm. because. As I've talked about before, I love, I love the show that they do together on Netflix, the Santa Clarita Diet, yeah. so much. And um, I just think it's interesting that they're both a really big instrumental part of this franchise. Yeah, yeah, love them, <laughs> love them, love them. All right, couple goals, honestly. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, I think. We pretty solidly covered Drew. We love you, Drew, but it is time to move on. Yes. Good night and good luck. What? <laughs> anyway, so the next scene. <laughs> yeah, so we kind of are pretty much abruptly thrust into the main storyline, which is mm. what you had kind of detailed earlier. Um, Nev Kimball. That's her last name, right? I'm just like Sydney. Oh, yeah. Guessing myself. Um, yeah. She is Sydney. She is our protagonist. Her mother was brutally murdered. Um, it's almost the one year anniversary of her horrific demise. Um, you find out that there's a really she played a really instrumental part in basically putting away the guy that they uh that is presumed to be her rapist and murderer um, because Mm -hmm. she saw him leaving their house uh, on the evening of her mother's murder. Um, And then that's like, that's a pretty big portion of the, of the story because um, Courtney Cox, we all know and love as Monica Geller. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. Thank you. You're welcome. I've waited uh, all, all night for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Okay. Just random. I want to see an edit of Scream where, like, anytime Courtney Cox comes on <laughs> the scene, they play the... Especially in, like, the scenes where she's, like, running away from a murderer. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm into anyway. it. I need that. I mean, like, at the very least, I need the TikTok version yeah. of that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, man, it really hasn't been her day or week or month or year. 
<laughs> Anyways. Yeah, and whoever was um, doing costumes really did apparently just had some beef with her because she's the only one in this movie that looks like a, a monstrosity. <laughs> she's <laughs> like, always love wearing... you, Courtney, but oh my god, her outfits in this movie are mm-hmm. so bad. She's got um, the mini she... skirts and the high heels always, yes, and the shoulder yeah. pads. Oh yeah. Uh, she is a tabloid journalist reporter named Gail Weathers who is trying to get the scoop. So because of uh, Casey and Steve, so Drew Barrymore and her boyfriend's murders, um, obviously there's like a lot of sensational, there's reporters outside of the high school that they go to and um, you find it very quickly. So Gail Weathers, there's like a scene where she pretty immediately wants to talk to Sydney and throughout the story, as it, as it progresses, you find out that, um, Courtney Cox is writing a book about her mother's uh, rape and murder. And Courtney Cox's character, Gal Weathers, believes that uh, the man that Sydney framed is innocent. And he's on death row. Like, he's going to be electrocuted, like, in, mm-hmm. in just a little bit. I don't know. Apparently, in the fictional universe, those uh, trials and <laughs> those things go <laughs> really quickly. Because yeah. in real life, that is not how that happens. No. No, no. Unless you like Ted Bundy. Even so, didn't that take a while? It did take maybe a while. It's just yeah. because he kept escaping. I think that was the the, <laughs> that could the have been part of it. Yeah, because he escaped <laughs> twice and they were like, nope, nope. And he was like, still, he was. The thing about Ted Bundy is he was like, I have more murders to confess to. And they were like, no, you don't. <laughs> so, interesting fact about him mm. uh, total side tangent. You learned this recently. Um, so in Salt Lake City, we have this beautiful city county building that's giant and scary and spooky and apparently haunted. Yes. And the prison used to be right across the street. And back in the day, they used to use tunnels to get prisoners to and from the courthouse. But they had since closed that down, except for they did make an exception for Ted Bundy. And that's what they used to transport him to and from the courthouse so random fact thought someone would appreciate that somewhere absolutely madison and i went on a haunted tour of salt lake city when i was visiting which was very fun (laughs) yeah it was i it spooked me a lot i'm not gonna lie i came home and i was like ghosts everywhere but (laughs) yeah it was really fun anyways screen Anyways, scream. (laughs) um so i kind of sidelined with the immediate cut to is is uh Sydney in her bedroom and uh, her boyfriend Billy is at her window and honestly just don't trust a boy that climbs through your window at night okay yeah that's also uh, an homage apparently Mm. because a similar scene happens with our heartthrob forever Johnny Depp in A Nightmare on Elm Street I really need to watch the original because purely because of Johnny Depp yes me because, too. oh my god. Yeah. And um, uh, Skeet Ulrich, who plays Billy, he looks like him. He does. He's so hot. <laughs> yeah, he's really hot. He's Anyways. like distressingly beautiful. But also, <laughs> like, looks aren't everything. Because the first fucking words out of this asshole's mouth are he starts making fun of her nightgown. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. He's got some creeper vibes. He absolutely does. 
So there's a really interesting thing uh, that happens throughout the course of this film. And it is totally in part because, you know, it's aware of itself. It's constantly where the uh, ghost face is quizzing people about horror movie knowledge. One of our main characters uh, in the friend group, Randy, I believe. Yeah, Randy's yes. like the film buff nerdy guy, and yeah. Stuart is Matthew Lillard. Yeah. Yeah. So we should just <laughs> line that up. So we have Sydney, mm-hmm. who's our main protagonist. She is dating Billy, who's played by Skeet Ulrich. Her best friend is Tatum, who is played by Rose McGowan, um, mm-hmm. who is just, oh, she's stunning in this movie. Yeah. Um, Tatum is dating Stu, who is yes. played by Matthew Lillard. And mm-hmm. then they have their fifth wheel who is randy played by jamie kennedy jamie kennedy thank you man you're welcome i had it up (laughs) and uh so we we see them hanging out throughout the film um and and like you you literally just said it but randy works at a video store which Mm -hmm. oh my god blockbuster i miss you we miss you i think that was our first episode that we ever recorded where we were like we miss blockbuster (laughs) It certainly was because we talked about my teacher ate my homework and I hope you all have watched it by now. Honestly, if you haven't, it's been like a year. So get on it now. (laughs) Right. You're doing yourself a disservice. Really? I'm not, I'm not mad, but you should be mad at yourselves. I'm a little mad. (laughs) (laughs) So that's their, uh, that is their basic uh, friend group. Um, So a really interesting thing that happens throughout the film is a lot of it comes from Randy where he's talking about the tropes in mm-hmm. horror movies. But we also get um, a lot from Billy constantly. He, at one point you see him in the video store in the horror section. So clearly he's a film buff. Clearly he loves horror movies. Um, mm-hmm. Right away. He starts talking about uh, the exorcist in, in, uh, Sydney's bedroom in this like first scene and mm-hmm. throughout if you watch the film and you pay attention to the dialogue he makes so many references to uh, other horror movies like there's one point where and I think okay since we spoiled it already I'm just going to talk about it yeah talk about um, it so I think character wise he is like a genuine psychopath yeah I think he is like doesn't know how to emotionally relate. I kind of watched it on rewatch when I watched it with Tommy um, through that lens. And I think it's really interesting because there's a point where they're at the house and he's basically manipulated her into sleeping with him. And Mm -hmm. she's talking about how she feels like she needs to work on getting over her mother's death because she has PTSD And she's like, yeah, I just feel like I can't get out of this. And his only way to make that make sense is he's like, oh, you're like Clarice in Silence of the Lambs when she keeps saying, uh, you know, she keeps having the visions. That's the only way that he is Mm -hmm. even capable of kind of empathizing with her. But it's not really empathizing with her. He's using a horror movie. Yeah. I just thought that was really interesting. That is. That's He's a really a good creep. thing to pick up on. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, when you first watch it, you're just blinded by the Johnny Deppness of his face. <sighs> and his hair. Yeah. Oh, good yes, 90s hair. Mm. Holy Perfect. shit. So yeah. good. 
Um, another thing that I picked up on this last time watching, if you listen carefully in that uh, that scene, there's like a really beautiful instrumental, or not instrumental, I don't know why I said that, acoustic cover of Don't Fear the Reaper that's playing. Oh, I love that. And it's so good. Like, I literally heard the melody and I was like, hang on a second. And I turned it up and I was like, oh my God, I got goosebumps over my entire body. Because in hindsight, so creepy. Yeah. Insanely creepy. It's like, oh my God, yeah, he's a fucking murderer. He's climbing into her room and Don't Fear the Reaper is playing. It's like, blah. I love that. Oh my God. So subtle too. I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Okay. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, what's next? So, Casey and oh. Steve have been murdered. Mm-hmm. So, there's, um, killer on the loose. And police at school and we should mention of course the iconic the beautiful the wonderful never missed um tatum's brother dewey is played by the one and only david arquette we love love him him. oh my god i didn't know you were gonna say that i'm so glad that we said that at the same time (laughs) (laughs) he's the best he's so cute i i love him also anybody who wants to know he is that cute in real life. So I'm totally going to flex because he's like one of the only celebrities I've ever met in my life. <laughs> and when I worked at Target, my friend Maggie and I, um, we were just doing Target stuff. And he walked over to the fitting room and asked us what aisle peanut butter was in. And he's uh. like so cute. He like really is authentic. Like the way he talks and his mannerisms and stuff. He like, he kind of talks out of the side of his mouth. And he was like, uh, excuse me, uh. Hey, do, do you know what aisle peanut butter is in? And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's in the A's. I'll look it up for you. And then I told him, and he was like, thanks. But like, kind of out of the side of his mouth again. It was just like the cutest. Oh, my heart. That's my so cute. Heart. And then he walked away, and Maggie and I died because David Arquette. I love that. Also, <laughs> fun fact about him um, he was initially set to audition for the role of Billy but when he got like to his audition he was like I think I would rather be Dewey and Dewey was supposed to be like a a hunky badass cop and they were kind of like okay yeah maybe maybe and he was like it's such a good goofy placement though I love it that's like one of the best parts of the entire movie I can't imagine Dewey being anybody else and acting any other way and especially being like a hunk. No, thank you. I no, love yeah. I love Officer Dewey just the way he is. Absolutely. Listen, A-cab, we are not for Officer Dewey. Yeah, you took the fucking words out of my mouth, Madison. This is why <laughs> so I love sorry. you. This is why I love doing this podcast with you. <laughs> I was going to be like, listen, we fucking hate cops except for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a cab ed a cab um yeah i want to i just like had to find this so i was watching that um skeet ulrich and matthew lillard 
interview that they literally did just last month, which is great. I feel like so lucky that we actually waited until we did that. Like how fortuitous, because Mm -hmm. some of the things that they said in this were super informative and things that I had like, I have been scouring the internet for information on this film. And I found Mm -hmm. out like several things watching that interview that I had never heard before, which is wonderful. And one of those was um, Matthew Lillard was talking about how, so the final sequence, which we talked about is probably like, the largest portion of the movie that's where like the you know the main event happens and it's definitely the longest they stay in the same place for the longest amount of time 42 Um, minutes wow okay so Mm -hmm. like half the movie yeah (laughs) that's great uh matthew lillard was talking about um because it's at night they had to film for like a couple months they filmed from 6 p.m to 6 a.m every single day Mm mm-hmm um, and then he said they were talking about how hard that was because they were like, they'd get back to the hotel and they'd be all covered in blood. <laughs> <laughs> and like people are going out to do touristy things and they're like going it and they were like, yeah. And then instead of going to sleep, we would just go party in David Arquette's room. That's so cute. And That's Peter hilarious. Ulrich said that was actually the best part about filming. And Matthew Lillard was like, yeah, it really was. And I was like, okay, my, my vibes were completely correct. Like these guys love David Arquette so much that they were like, no, no, no. Being a part of this film was amazing and it was fun and it was great. But the, literally the best part was partying with David Arquette. (laughs) That's so sweet. Isn't that cute? I also love this because it was filmed like in wine country, right? Yeah. Totally not anywhere near LA. (laughs) I just love the thought of like these bougie upper class families like <laughs> oh we're gonna go for a wine tasting today and running into these teenage looking boys covered in blood <laughs> just, <laughs> just doused in corn syrup like what's up we're gonna go party it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just like when i heard that i was like that's such a boy thing to do like literally you're an actor and like instead of going to shower or anything you're like covered in goo and you're like yeah like let's go smoke pot <laughs> Right, <laughs> just okay. show back up to set already, like still covered in blood. Like, oh, we don't need to go to makeup. We're good, right? We're yeah, still. they're like, we're fine. It's fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. We're We've good. been we're up good. this whole time. It's cool. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. So in the storyline, basically, you get a great scene where that um the group of five that we were talking about they're sitting outside um like in the school what is that called courtyard yeah and they're talking about the murders and it's really abrasive conversation which obviously in hindsight makes sense and we've spoiled it for you so you know that um billy and Stu are tag teaming these murders at this point like throughout the entire film honestly you think it's just one person which Mm -hmm. is another just fantastic twist um, yeah. They're talking about their classmates slash friends. And in Stu's case, he dated Casey, so his ex-girlfriend. And they're talking mm-hmm. about their murders in a way that is really gross. Like, if, yeah. that, if you were really in that position and that had really happened, like, that's completely inappropriate conversation. Mm-hmm. And especially in front of someone whose parent was also murdered. Yeah, there is one point where Billy kind of says, like, oh, read the room, douchebag, or something like that. Yeah. 
but it's like a very little it's like uh that's the least you could do jesus christ yeah he doesn't like do anything to actually stop the conversation he just kind of sits there and lets it happen so yeah exactly another thing that is really disturbing on rewatch is matthew lillard actually has a line where he says it takes a real man to gut somebody like that Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, that's so gross. <laughs> that's like, I know. That's like they're and they're bragging. And it's oh my god, if you watch the way that they look at each other during that conversation, it's so unnerving. <laughs> and then it also like we haven't talked about this yet, but there's like an absolute sexual vibe, in my opinion. I might be me and a ton of other people might be reading this incorrectly. <laughs> There's a weird sexual tension between Stu and Billy. Well, like, okay, so a little bit farther down in the timeline, yeah. Um, the three boys, so Stu, Randy, and Billy are at the uh, movie store together. Mm-hmm. And um, Stu's kind of just like giving eyes at Billy. Does he lean into him or is it Randy? I can't remember. When they're at the movie store? Yeah. Do you remember the scene I'm talking about? Yeah. Where, so, uh, in, Stu is established he's having a party because they're, um, they, like, have an early, classes are canceled, basically. Yeah. Um, and they go to pick up some movies at the video store where Randy works, and Matthew Lillard and Randy are having a conversation while Billy is over in the horror section picking out a movie. Yeah. And then they kind of get into this sort of argument about well maybe you're the killer well maybe yeah. you're the killer yeah there's definitely tension in that scene <laughs> absolutely yeah so i was gonna save this but since we're on the topic anyway okay i love this so much watching the two of them during that interview is really interesting but also a lot of tension very funny mm. and um skia ulrich actually made a kind of a joke about the sexual tension in that movie and Matthew mm-hmm. Lillard literally said you can look this up on YouTube I actually urge you to look it up on YouTube he said oh Stu Stu is super gay and an Aquarius happy pride month everybody oh I love that so That's beautiful from the fucking source <laughs> yes and if you watch it too I mean I I, I want to keep pushing because I, literally your favorite scene we talked about it a little bit already so good so much but the way that they interact in that scene in particular is very sexual yeah which is interesting so yeah we'll put a pin in that push forward (laughs) (laughs) yes 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 okay so so they have this inappropriate conversation in the schoolyard yes um where someone i don't remember who says about putting the liver in the mailbox I think and, that was too. Yes, I think so too. And there's so following that, Sydney gets off the bus and there's a great shot where she actually opens her mailbox. That's the first thing that she does when she gets home after. That's the last line oh, of dialogue, which I, I like just think that. is funny. That is funny. And then she yeah. goes in and then insanely. So her dad is on a business trip, right? He left the night before. So she's all home. Allegedly 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 went on a business trip um she is at home in this gorgeous mansion of a house 
Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if they lived there before or if her mom's uh, insurance just paid out. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a terrible thing. To yeah. <laughs> but um, she falls asleep and then Tatum calls her because they're going to have a sleepover. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm going to go to the movie store. I'm going to get some movie. And she says something about, uh, I forget what movie it is, but we're going to get this Tom Cruise movie because at the right angle, you can see his penis. And she's like, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> and Tatum's like, okay, see you soon. And then Ghostface calls. Yep. And there's a great sequence where um, it's so interesting. Like We talked about this a little bit, you and I, when we watched it together. Mm-hmm. I feel like they did a really good job of demonstrating just with Casey's treatment of the situation versus Sydney's treatment of the situation. Like, different people have different trauma responses. Yeah. Yeah, because Casey kind of, like, she kind of froze at first, and then towards the end, she was more willing to fight. But from the very beginning, Sydney's just like, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. Yeah, she's like ready to fuck shit up. Like to the point where yeah. she puts out on her port. She's like, can you see me? And she sticks her finger in her nose. She's like, what am I doing? Huh? 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 <laughs> Love it. She's so aggressive. She's the best. And then she <laughs> face to face with ghost face. Yes. Yeah. Too many faces for one sentence. <laughs> face to face with ghost face. Facing the North face. I don't know. Stop. Just face cut that off. out. okay and then almost simultaneously as she gets away who is climbing through her bedroom window again but her boyfriend billy bilson bilson (laughs) and this is if i'm correct this is where his phone falls out of his pocket correct yep and then she's immediately like suspicious and then she calls the cops on him she actually uh if I remember it, correct me if I'm wrong, but they cut her phone line, I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, because, wait, hmm. does she go and to the internet? <gasps> That's right. And she dials 911. I don't know how that works. That's right. That's I, right. I don't know how that worked in the 90s. But, yeah, she has the, she is, she is ready to fight. Like, talk about fight or flight or freeze. Mm-hmm. She is like, I'm going to fuck it up. I'm not dying today. So wait, okay, hold on, because I I didn't write down like all the things, but so I I think when she's fighting Ghostface, that's when she goes and she like messages the police through uh-huh. her internet, and so when Billy shows up, she had already contacted the police, right? So she yes. just kind of becomes suspicious of him, but then the police show up anyway. Yeah, okay, and they okay, actually yeah, arrest okay, him okay. because she's like, I don't know. This is weird that you're here, and I was just attacked. Yeah, and then you have this phone fall out of your pocket. What the fuck yeah. is that about? Yeah. And then she is obviously interrogated. Um, Well, not interrogated, but questioned at the police yeah. station. You get this great sequence where Tatum's like, oh, my God, she needs to come home with me. And Dewey apparently still lives with his family, which is great. <laughs> and there's this adorable line where he's like, when I wear this badge, you treat me like a man of the law. <laughs> and Mom, Mom says. Yeah, Mom <laughs> says. 
mom says it in true like sibling rivalry like how you actually talk to your siblings rose mcgowan is like shut up Mm -hmm. (laughs) fuck you kind of doesn't take him seriously at all which i always appreciate in movies like i feel like that was that's really something that's gone out of fashion like you want to see that you want to see you see it in like lost boys you see it in the goonies like i i love a good sibling rivalry that's like they love each other but they're also going to treat each other terribly yeah Exactly. Because how it is. Yeah. So as they're walking out of the police station, I believe is this a scene where Gail Weathers is there? Yeah. Yeah. And then she. Do you want to talk about that? Because that's yeah. great. So uh, Gail is like trying to talk to Sydney, and then Sydney's like, "Oh, hey, when's your book coming out, Gail?" And Gail's like, "Oh, I'll send you a copy, Sydney." And then Sydney punches her in the face. Yes. And then Tatum is like, "Oh, I love you for that." Yes. There's a cute moment where they're like sitting, and she like, she's holding her like stuffed animal, and she like keeps you saying like, "Yeah, do that, wham." Mm-hmm. Whatever the line is, it's cute. <laughs> yeah, so she's so cute. The way she acts about, like, you punched her in the face. Um, the other thing that I really like about this, though, is I have an issue with movies where there's, like, no continuity. Like, someone will have a black eye, and then the next yes! day it's gone. And what I love about this is, like, after that altercation, you can see Gail, like, trying to cover up her black eye. Yes. And it lasts through the rest of the movie. Like, they don't yeah. pretend that, oh, yeah, and uh, now it's better magically. Um, no, they they keep that throughout the rest of the movie. So I appreciate things like that. Just the little Absolutely. details. And not only that, like, that's, oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. That's, like, just chef's kiss. Perfect point. Because you're exactly right. It even looks like how a bruise would look if you were trying to cover it up with foundation. Yeah. Like, I'm questioning if uh, Nev actually punched Courtney Cox. <laughs> I know, right? She's just like, fuck you. Bam. Um, yeah. Cute thing to note that I don't think we've talked about so far is, of course, Courtney Cox and David Arquette uh, were married. And they have kids together. And they were married for a really long time. And they met on the set, which is super cute because their characters yeah. actually have romance. And I just, I love that. Like, yeah. because it's like, oh my God, when they were like flirting with each other, they're like really feeling it's like, how cute is that? And you can totally tell too. Yeah, you can. Yeah. It's so sweet. Also, fun fact about Miss Courtney. Um, So she wanted to do this role because she was like, I've never had the opportunity to play a bitch before. I love that. She just really wanted to play a bitch. And everyone was like, oh, I don't know. Can you pull it off? And she's like, "Uh, yeah, I can. And she did. But she's a lovable bitch. And we love her. And she's beautiful. She is. I didn't know that. That's such a good, oh, such a good detail. I love that so much. Because she is. She's such a cunt. Like, from the get-go, you're like, what? What? Who is like that? And then you're like, oh, yes. Also, okay, hats off. Hats off to our lovely Kevin Williamson for writing the script this way. And yes. for Wes Craven for producing it this way and directing it this way. Because I feel like this doesn't happen very often, especially in 96. You did not have girls winning mm-hmm. and coming out on top and proving themselves. And also, usually when girls are bitches, they don't get redemption arcs. Yeah. 
which Gail Weathers totally does, which is so great because it's like, yeah, she is a bitch and she totally redeems herself. Yeah, she does. Yeah, and we just won't talk about her bangs in the sequels because that was a mistake. Everybody knows that was a mistake. You know, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, Google Courtney Cox scream three bangs why. <laughs> include the why or yes. else you won't find it. Okay, this is such a side tangent. I Go. did not know her name was spelled like Courtney Cox. Mm. And it bothers me. I love you, Court Courtney. But why? <laughs> I would if I were you, I would have just gone and changed the spelling of my name. And never looked back, but it's fine. Oh my god! I, honestly, are really bad bangs. Oh, Sorry. Did you see them? Oh my, yeah. they're horrible, right? I don't get why. Why? Yes. Okay. I stand okay. by the why. I, that's all the. That is the all the confirmation that I needed for that. Yikes. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So let's see. Da, 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 da. Where are we? There's um, really interestingly, there's like another attack. Is somebody there? Yes. So at the school after, oh no, because how, why does Billy get out? Because someone else does get attacked, right? Yeah, he gets out because they're able, they look at his phone and everything is clean. Oh, okay. And then the next day at school, He's trying to talk to Sydney, right? Yeah. And she runs into the bathroom. And Ghostface is in there. Yeah, and they do the classic, okay, girls gossiping in the bathroom is a terrible idea. And I don't want to completely, you know what? I'm just going to do it. When I was in high school, I was in speech and debate. And I was at a meeting. And I was with my friend, Amber. And mm-hmm. there was this girl on our team that I didn't like. And she was dating this guy who was on our team, who was a friend of mine. And for the life of me, I couldn't understand why he liked this girl. Just, you know, petty, bitchy, high school bullshit. Mm-hmm. And we were in the bathroom at this meet. And I literally did the thing where I was oh, like, no. I don't understand what he sees in her. She is boring. And she's this and she's that. And we walked out, and she walked out of the bathroom. No. And I never said anything. And I, that is like, people are like, oh, do you have any regrets in life? And I'm like, yes. That is my, if I have a regret, that is the regret of my entire life. Oh, man. And you know what's even more horrible? What? I have no idea what her name is. <gasps> I know. So I'm just a bad person. I'm just like out. I'm like, should I just flag this? Like, I'm just a terrible <laughs> Terrible person. <laughs> That's so hilarious. So bad. <laughs> like she was. It's like it's like egg. Watch her, watch she like, 
remembers you and she's like, Oh, Ryan, Ryan has a podcast. I'm I'm willing to Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> she listens to and it like could mean something to her, like, oh, she's actually atoning for her sins of being a c- complete piece of shit. And then she doesn't remember my name. Are you kidding me? Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm so what sorry. The that... fuck is wrong with me? Now that's, that's like so that's. I need to. I'm gonna make a note of that. I need to talk about that with my therapist now. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! That's so funny. So the moral of the story is, and because you know what, these girls in scream are talking about that they think that sydney killed her own mom and or or that she is acting because her mom was killed and so she's the one who is doing these murders which is like very hurtful obviously because yeah now she's lost her mother as well as like friends and classmates and that's just not nice don't blame somebody for murder yeah she cries so don't talk yeah. about people in the bathroom. Yeah, she's crying in the stall, and she just waits until they leave. But then, and then years later, they regret it, and they don't remember <laughs> her name. Yeah, exactly. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. okay. I deserve. I deserve so much worse than that. <laughs> I'm so sorry, girl. <laughs> I'm so sorry, girl. Egg. I'm so sorry, egg. Oh, I'm going to hell for sure if there oh is one. God. Fuck. Oh my god, that's so anyway. good. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so so, so Sydney um, is crying. Ghostface is in the last stall and tries to get her again. So she's actually had two run-ins with mm-hmm. Ghostface in yeah. like twenty-four hours, which has got to be just so her cortisol levels just must be through a row the roof, right? Like, yeah, somebody gives a girl a Xanax. Jesus Christ. So she runs out of the bathroom and, like, runs into a teacher. And then it's kind of just assumed that they're, like, okay, this, this, we've had enough. Like, there's been enough murders. <laughs> Let's Yeah, I shut think down somebody earlier in the day actually dons a ghost face mask and, like, runs through the hall. Yeah, yeah, and because so- the principal, uh, Henry Winkler, he takes it from him. Yes, exactly. And then there's a sequence where he's in his office and he's actually creeped out. So this is right after uh, Sydney escapes. And And everybody opens the door and there's a janitor who is Wes Craven standing there in Freddy Krueger's clothes. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Which like, no, uh, no tea, but like, no tea, no shade. I didn't really, I'm like, those, that's such an iconic outfit that I'm like, why mm-hmm. is Freddy Krueger mopping the floor? I'm like, those aren't regular human clothes. Right? Yeah. It's like, a little it's, goofy. It's hard not to notice, but it's still kind of a nice, like, oh, I didn't honestly know that was Wes Craven because I hadn't, like, I don't think I've seen him until after, like, when I was prepping for this, yes. you know, I, I watched an interview with him and I was like, wait, what? I literally only know that I'm going to uh, out myself on IMDb facts. That is Aww. the only reason I know that. <laughs> Thank you, IMDb facts. You Thank are you. the backbone of uh, this, this podcast. <laughs> podcast, yes, absolutely. Um, and then uh, Henry Winkler, the principal. Nobody had died for a really long time, and he's like the only mm-hmm. adult death that happens on screen like obviously sydney's mom passed away 
um, like a year before the our story starts. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, they get Henry Winkler. They stab him in the chest. Yep. They kill Fonzie. They kill the Fonz. He wasn't cool enough. <laughs> no. Very sad. Very sad. Very... Um, in that, during that day, um, Rose McGowan's character Tatum is wearing a cropped football jersey too mm-hmm. with the number 10 on it which is uh referential to Johnny Depp's character in Nightmare on Elm Street where he's wearing oh. the cropped football jersey so I love that Iconic. I love that and it's <laughs> such a cute outfit okay so like um with Rose McGowan and Nev Campbell mm-hmm. every outfit they've worn in this movie I want it yes if you could send it to me I will give you my address <laughs> um <laughs> We literally talked about that when we were watching this. I was like, look at their boots. Look at their boots. And we were like, look at their pants. Every single thing that they're wearing is awesome. I was like, oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> I know. They they really got the fits, but it's fine. I oh, just want them, but it's fine. Um, so, oh, you know what we haven't really talked about? Um, besides the fact that Billy's just a terrible asshole that just breaks into people's windows and tells them that their nightgowns are ugly Mm -hmm. um right away the conversation that they have at the beginning of the movie he's like we were gonna fuck and then your mom died and you turned into a total fridge bitch and i want to fuck you and i think it's really uncool that you won't let me fuck you and she's like i'm just not ready and he's like you're a bitch and she flashes him he's like you're a tease and so like the whole movie he's just trying to get her to sleep with him kind of like it's really not cool Mm mm-hmm and um, so school is out and Stu is having this party and they're all getting ready to go to this party. There's a scene where Tatum and Sydney are getting food and this is happening simultaneously. We talked a little bit about it with the boys at the movie store. Yes. So they're getting movies. The girls are getting groceries. I guess <laughs> it's a little sexist, but whatever. Yeah. No. Well, um, with it. <laughs> I just wanted to mention there's a, a really good part where Sydney is like really down on herself because she's feeling guilty for not putting out which like oh my god ladies men ladies they's thems anybody this mm-hmm. goes for anyone do not ever like if someone actually respects you they're never gonna pressure you into sex exactly ever because yeah. that is rape and you know what's great though is that Tatum is totally all about that. She's like, yes, no, he's a dick. Don't listen to him. She's a very good friend. She is. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's really rare that you get this like women supporting women thing in horror movies. Yeah. I mean, it's become more popular, I feel like, in like the last five, 10 years, but 96. She's literally, and she's so cute and she's so funny. But she literally says, like, Billy and his penis don't deserve you. And you're like, yes, queen. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. He do- they do not. <laughs> a thousand percent. Yeah. And I think, it, I think it's great, too, because I think a lot of times in horror, like, you make your protagonist, especially if you're, you have a female protagonist, uh-huh. like, kind of angelic, like, very innocent, very perfect. And Nev is kind of like that. Or Sydney's kind of like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then usually if they do have a best friend, they're bitchy. You don't really like them. They're very, like, slutty. And Tatum, she's kind of, like, 
she dresses more revealing than mm-hmm. Sydney, which doesn't mean anything, but you know what they're trying to go for here. Yeah, so. she dresses the archetype. You know. Yeah, but she's yeah. so sweet and she's such a good friend to Sydney. And I just love that. Like, I love that you. I don't know. I just feel like a lot of times you have to hate all the other girls yep. because you want to root for the final girl. Totally. But you don't have to do that. You can love all, love all the girls. Yeah. Is this a surprisingly feminist movie? Which, again, literally did not see coming. And no. I was like, oh, my God, that was feminist as fuck. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's great. So the party. Yes. I was just going to say, honestly, can we just like agree that you shouldn't go to a party when there's a killer on the loose? Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I get that school's out, but you know, people are, people are dying out there. Absolutely. People are dying, Kim. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting too, because it's kind of a great thing in a roundabout way that sounds <laughs> too positive for what we're talking about no, what's up? but um for gail she's like "Ooh, i'm gonna get the scoop because like yes. these kids are gonna have a party they might know something so i'm gonna have a secret camera planted and like get the d yes and it's great for deputy dewey because he's like oh i'm trying to catch a killer so like we can work together we can see if we can find any details out about this murderer yeah so it's like bad idea for the kids but the reporter and the cop are like oh my god this is the best idea ever yes okay I want to say two things because I just thought about the fact so uh Courtney Cox's sidekick um in this movie her her cameraman yeah she treats him like shit and she has a really gross like the worst part like to me where I was like okay she is a cunt she is a disgusting like super fat phobic Mm-hmm. thing where she's like oh get your tub of lard ass over here i know you're 50 pounds overweight and it's like very specific and like just cruel and it's like just do yeah. people talk like that like what i mean i think they did in the 90s and that's honestly. why we all grew up with eating disorders but... <laughs> honestly right Oof. <sighs> um yeah. you know what i will say though um I, that i found interesting so there's just like a bunch of cute little i was doing uh I was trying to find fun facts about this film. And so that actor, uh, do you ever see There's Something About Mary? Yes. So he plays her handicapped brother. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So if you were wondering where his face is from. He's also a familiar face. Uh, the mom who is only in it for like a second, who is um, Dewey. And Tatum's mom. Mm-hmm. She's the mom from Dirty Dancing and the mom from Gremlins. So, <gasps> <laughs> yeah, so there's like a couple. Oh, and then while we're talking about reporters, there's a great little cameo by Linda Blair. <gasps> yes. Who um, was yeah. Reagan and the Exorcist. Yeah, if you don't recall. You do not recall. So great. Yeah. So, this uh, talk about just like having. I just love that, like, love especially that. with Linda Blair. It's like, there's so many good little horror things where it's like, oh, yeah, that's not even super obvious yeah. to everybody. But yeah. we're going to put, we're keeping, you know, horror within horror. Like, it's a very uh, self-referential it's, genre. It's great because it's a great standalone horror movie, but it's also, like, a love letter to other horror movies. It is! 
It absolutely is. And I, that Beautiful. is something that I love about the genre. And I feel like these uh, these guys were really good about implementing it and kind of setting a, a new standard for the the coming age. <laughs> yes, I agree. Also, I hope you cannot hear this, uh, listeners at home. My dog is having a dream, and he's crying and grunting. It's a lot, but um, he's fine. He's just, you know. He's fine. He's eating bees in his dream, I guess. <laughs> what everybody wants to do that's all he ever does anymore and it's (laughs) driving me nuts anyways (laughs) so they go to this party um gail is flirty with dewey which is how she gets into the house in the first place Mm -hmm. um he is there as um, not only a cop, but as, like, the sweet older brother slash kind of protector of Sydney. He's like, oh, don't worry. Like, I'm not going to let anybody fuck with you. Like, that's kind of per- yeah. presumed why he's there. And uh, she gets in. She plants a camera so that they can she can get her inside scoop on what's going to go down. And mm-hmm. that proves to be very useful. Yes, except the only downside is there is a 30-second delay. So what they're yeah. seeing on the camera happens 30 seconds in the past right which also just oh so good because there's like a few things where you're like oh it's just great planning because sometimes things in horror movies don't make sense and you're like how did he get there in two seconds and I just I love that they provide these little details that's like okay this is logical it makes sense yeah absolutely yeah um (laughs) Uh, I was just looking at my notes and there's this like adore I just I love Dewey as a character he's so cute like there's literally a point where he's flirting with Gail and he's like I'm the deputy of this town and then he asks her do you know what that constellation is and she's like no he's like oh me either that's why I was asking you (laughs) (laughs) she's like can you get any more adorable no you cannot my you question cannot. my question is because you know Dewey was written to be like a hunky man's man big man in town kind of cop. Yeah. So how many of those lines do you think were improvised by David Arquette? I hope all of them. <laughs> I hope so too. I think I saw something that um Jamie Kennedy Randy improvised a lot of his lines like a lot of his jokes and stuff yeah so so you know who else did was matthew lillard (gasps) yes i love that there's he was just running wild and loose and i okay (laughs) we need to get we need to like get caught up because i want to talk about his performance in this film yes okay (laughs) keep going all right so you know because we already have spoiled for you obviously ghostface is (laughs) At both the part part one and two are both at the party yeah um so guess what happens murder starts happening <laughs> um, unfortunately our first victim at the house party is tatum it's brutal which, too yeah you were really hoping that they wouldn't go there but oh they went there talking about creative kills this one is <laughs> awful she goes to the garage to get some beer out of the refrigerator and Ghostface is there, and she's like, oh my god, Randy, whatever. And they have this, like, 
so iconic honestly her like back and forth speech so he's not saying anything and she's saying stuff and she's like oh do you want to play you know psycho murderer and he just nods and she does the whole like fake she's like oh please mr ghostface don't kill me i want to be in this sequel which is just like so fucking stupid and meta and <laughs> brilliant <laughs> um and a waste of beer honestly like yeah. well, she drops like 10 beers just that garage probably stunk forever <laughs> well i mean from the beer or the dead body both like i'm saying that's a horrible combination <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah but like he you know she finds out pretty quickly that that is the real ghost face yeah and um she does fight back and she starts to get away there's like a doggy door in the garage uh, that she's mm-hmm. trying to climb through because basically like he's up by the garage door opener the door into the house is locked so she can't get in that way so she tries to crawl through the doggy door in the garage and then he hits the uh, garage door opener and she yeah yeah it's bad it, it, made, me, it made me afraid of garage doors I think I had to look away <laughs> Yeah, it's disgusting. So then inside the house, uh, somehow they find out that the principal was murdered. And so a group of, you know, most of the, all of the party goers really are like, hey, let's go check it out. So that just leaves us with uh, our main characters. Yeah. Uh, I will say, so two things about that. First Mm -hmm. of all, while everybody is still there, they're all watching Halloween, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> they literally, so like uh, the proper amount of reverence is, uh, showed upon Jamie Lee Curtis. They're like, yeah, she's the scream queen. Like we love her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's this great speech that Randy gives where he's talking about, you don't know the rules of a horror movie mm-hmm. and goes through it, which is very fun. Very funny. Totally entertaining. Yes. Um, and then my other comment is what kind of fucking psychopaths find out that their principal has been murdered and rush off to go see the body right yeah that makes no sense to me that was that's my biggest flaw and disconnect with the entire movie i'm like "Mm, yeah i don't get it (laughs) yeah it's it's very strange but uh you know it it it, I don't even have words for that. But yeah, they wanted to go see their dead principal. So um. yeah, there's so there's an interesting thing that happens too. So um what's her name? Shit. Sydney yeah. and Billy are fucking upstairs. Yep. She decides to do which is just like why? Why? I mean, because he looks like Johnny Depp, honestly. I kind of get yeah. it. Yeah, she's like, you know what? I can, I can put my suspicions and my my gut that's telling me that he's a bad guy aside for you know, <laughs> just you know, I don't know, thirty seconds. Uh, is, that, is that how long you're gonna last? Okay, probably. Anyway, he seems pretty pent up with sexual chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they they have sex, and. Uh, she asks him a very interesting question after she asks him who did you call 
with your your one phone call in jail. And I don't remember how he answers. You take it. <laughs> I think he says, I called my dad. And she's like, no, you didn't. I saw the sheriff call your dad. He's like, right. why do you care? And she's like, well, I feel like you could have called me because then it would have proven to me that you're not the killer. Mm-hmm. And he's like, bitch, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? I already fucked you, so I'm just going to start being rude to you again. And then, dun dun, he gets stabbed and it's brutal and blood squirts out everywhere. And she's like, oh, fuck. Oh my God. Oh my God. And so you're like, oh my God, Billy's dead. What the hell? And then, Stu or uh, uh, Randy Randy is downstairs watching the movie by himself um really great sequence where he's like oh don't turn around what are you doing you can't it's super meta because he's watching Halloween and uh Michael Myers is stalking Jamie Lynn Curtis and Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> not Jamie Lynn yikes <laughs> Jamie Lynn oh not in oh, this not- house we did no. not utter that name in this house. <laughs> I just committed a sin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, please forgive me. Uh, and you can see. So. Uh, Courtney Cox. Sorry. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Courtney Cox and her cameraman are watching the footage. And they can see that the, that ghost face is right behind him on the couch. Yeah. And so. Kenny, the cameraman, he's like, oh, God, we got to go save him. And he opens the door but forgets they're on a delay. So by the time he opens the door to the van, his throat is slit. Yeah. And he's – he didn't deserve that. No, he was he a was good a one. Good guy. He was. Yeah. Oh, another important detail to mention is um, Dewey finds – Dewey and Gail actually find Sydney's dad's car. Yeah, so I don't, he's, he's being uh, suspected of right. being ghost because he conveniently left town when all this was happening. Right. Um, and they can't find him. He yeah. said he was going to be at a hotel. He wasn't at that hotel. Yeah. So that's just another piece to keep in mind, even though you know everything by this point. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretend you don't. And, and then it goes by pretty fast. Yeah. So it, they kill a- they kill the camera guy. Gail is gets in the car and is like, oh my god, I gotta go. She crashes the van. She is also presumed dead. Mm-hmm. Um Randy is stabbed like in the shoulder, I think. You don't mm-hmm. know what happens to him. He runs away. You think, oh my god, he's dead. Dewey gets shot, I believe, or stabbed. No, he gets stabbed in the uh, back. Oh yeah. As uh, Sydney, oh Sydney jumps out the window, yeah, to get on a boat, mm-hmm. and finds Tatum's body, and then she's like, "Oh my god, oh there's dead people everywhere! Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit!" And she's walking back inside, and then Dewey falls down. He's stabbed in the back, mm-hmm. and then is it time to talk about your favorite scene? I think it's time to talk yeah. about your favorite scene. Yeah. So basically. <laughs> So she kind of just like goes running around and trying to get away and she can't get away. So she comes back to the house and Stu comes running up after her and he's like, oh, my God, I'm I'm running, too. I've been running from Ghostface, too. And yes, uh, he follows her into the house. 
yeah they go you gotta believe me you gotta believe me and she's like fuck both of you and slams the door in their faces yeah and she turns around and oh my god who's at the top of the stairs falling down this who literally falls down the stairs is billy he's somehow still alive Mm -hmm. and then he stands up and cracks his neck and licks the blood off of his fingers and it's so good it's so good and he's like it's corn syrup and you're like what what billy what and you know what, Madison? Maybe my favorite thing about this entire movie, because I know I have I whined about this consistently doing these movie reviews. Mm-hmm. Real blood oxidizes and turns brown after like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And when you see Billy, he's covered in bright red. Yep. And you can even see where like Randy has been stabbed already. It's already oxidizing. Like they did, it's all fake, but they did a great job distinguishing the fact that he was using corn syrup in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so good. It's so yeah. Kind of Yeah, they really thought of everything. They really did. So then, uh, Billy lets Stu in, right? Yeah. Or Stu gets in. Yeah, and they. Uh, confront Miss Sydney in the kitchen. Yeah, and they reveal their entire plan because they're going to kill her. So they're doing the the bad guy thing where they're like, okay, murder victim. We will tell you why we did these things slash what our plan is. (laughs) It's kind of great, though, because they also kind of turn that on its head. Yeah, they do. So Sydney's like, why? Why? And at first... Uh, Billy's kind of making fun of her about why and mm-hmm. then he's he gives her the real reason so it's like oh I, I see what you did there I see what you did there Kev Kevin Williamson yeah so do you want to just talk about that do you want to talk like you, you have the floor yeah <laughs> <laughs> so basically oh, it's a whole thing guys <laughs> so uh, Billy I don't know if we've mentioned this in our breakdown, but earlier in the movie, he was talking about how um, his dad left um, or his mom left because his dad was cheating. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And like, it's not really explained a lot, like what happened, just his mom left because his dad was cheating. Yeah. Um, And come to find out that the mistress was Sydney's mother. Yeah. Oh, so um, Billy blames Sydney and her mom for breaking up his family. So he gets his revenge on Sydney's mom, mm-hmm. um, frames her. Uh, wait. Yeah. Unfortunately, so also with the other guy, then, right? Yeah, so okay. they do Ooh. her kind of just. I mean, who cares? Like, fuck whoever yeah. you want to fuck. Um, yeah. But it's sad because a lot of people tell, like, oh, you know, say to Sydney, like, it's not really a big deal that your mom's dead because she was a slut. And mm-hmm. you find out that she did, she apparently did have a lot of partners, even though she yeah. was married and, you know, was cheating on her husband with a lot of different people, at least confirmed oh. too, but people say. It was more, but that doesn't mean you deserve to die. No. No. 
Yeah. So, anyways, so Billy killed Sydney's mom, mm-hmm. and then on the one year anniversary, he plans to kill Sydney. Yeah. And he plans to make it look like Sydney's dad did all of this. Right. Uh, so he is the one that kidnapped Sydney's dad. He's like all tied up and in the house and beat up and sad looking. Yep. Um, and then it's really great because then it's like, okay, Billy, I understand why you're doing this. Right. Stu, what about you? And Stu's like, I'm just impressionable. <laughs> you're just an impressionable fresh. little boy. Yeah, that's after they've, oh, though, oh, my God, you talked about it at the beginning, but, oh, my God, the fact that they're like, this is our plan. Your dad went psycho, and then he shot himself in the head. We're going to survive, but don't worry. We're still going to get stab wounds. And they're, oh, my God, the way Matthew Lillard pumps himself up, he kind of gorilla punches his chest. And then he gets stabbed, and they stab each other. It's so fucking creepy and gross. They do it a lot too. Yes, like we we get your point, but then they just keep going, and you're yeah, like, they're desens- I think it's such a good commentary on like how desensitized they are. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it's yeah. so gross. Okay, so I want to talk about Matthew Lillard's performance because he completely yeah. overacts in this movie, mm-hmm. and it's it is bizarre. But he does it consistently. Like it's very obvious that it's his character. Yeah. And it makes it really, really unnerving. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, I know some guys that act like Matthew Lillard I know. in this movie. And so it's realistic. But then you're also like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait should a I should <laughs> I be more wary of this boy? <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, it's really gross. They're talking about killing Casey and he says it was fun. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, that's no, not no. what you want to hear. <laughs> no, no, no. And the idea, so they were actually talking about uh, this. Kevin Williamson was like, what is scarier, a killer that has a motive or a killer that doesn't have a motive? Which I think, obviously, the killer that doesn't have a motive is way creepier. Yeah. But they were like, well, we have two killers, so we're going to do we're going to do both. <laughs> yeah. That. You know what else I really love about this scene, though? What? So apparently the amount of blood used yeah. disturbed Kevin Williamson. And so he was like, Wes, like, what the fuck, dude? Why oh do we use this much blood? And Wes was like, hey, let's look at the script together, shall we? So <laughs> the two killers proceed to stab each other and cut each other up. So how do you want me to film a scene like this without blood? Yeah. Kevin was like, yeah. So I just kind of put my hands up, went back to my trailer and just <laughs> stayed <laughs> over that, that day. Let him do his thing. Oh, I love that. That's so yeah. good. Yeah. I was like, you wrote it. What you wrote it, dude. What do you think happens when you stab someone? Seriously. Confetti comes out. Yeah, it is really disturbing, though, how he's like, oh, I think you cut me too deep. Like, yeah. I don't know, something about that just, like, bo- I think it's like, ugh, it just bothers you internally. Yeah. It's just like, ugh, I don't know why. It's just like, you, he's so creepy, but he can't go on. Like, yeah. he just kind of goes over 
and he kind of lays down on the counter and he's yes. like I can't do anything like you I think I'm actually dying man yeah. well because like, somebody Ooh. steals the gun and they don't yep. know so while they've been having this conversation yeah. the gun is gone yep yep and who um, took it who took it who took it who did take it <laughs> I, was it Courtney Cox I think it was Courtney Cox yeah because <laughs> okay, yeah, I was like it wasn't Sydney she's just standing there the whole time like yeah because she they uh, think that she's dead and then she's yeah. like I'm gonna kill you and then Billy like you know stabs her and pushes her down headbutts her and he's like or he Whoa. shoots her and it's like it works better when the safety's off yeah because she tried yes she did. she did try to pull the trigger it just didn't go off yeah he's oh he's so gross yeah, <laughs> truly, he's really creepy. Also, the way the amped upness of like the way Matthew Lillard, like I said, he's totally over. He's like they're like screaming in the kitchen when they're telling their plan, and like he's literally frothing at the mouth. It's like he's screaming so much and just being so crazy that there's spit like all over his chin. He's so excited. He's so excited. And he says, let's face it, you gotta have a sequel these days. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. I know. Oh, it like bothers me so much. Yeah. That scene is very disturbing. It really, really is. Also, he, mm-hmm. uh, so when, let's see what happens after that. So Randy's not dead. No. Randy is, is not dead. Thank great God. turning point. He I makes a hilarious it. joke because they've made mention of like, oh yeah, one of the rules is that like virgins don't die. But now that Sydney is not a virgin, she's, you know, she's going to die. Mm-hmm. And Randy's like, oh my God, I'm so glad I'm a virgin. <laughs> I'm not going to die. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot that happens in the final scene, but basically, uh, who kills them? Who Sydney does. So, so she like, grabs the, yeah. They so, disappear. She throws mm-hmm. her dad back in the closet and is like, "Okay, dad, like you need to stay out of this." She grabs the voice effect and she calls the house, which is a great, so goofy. But he answers the phone. Stu answers the phone, like you said, as he's sitting at the counter and he's kind of bleeding out. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Stu, Stu, Stu, Billy's got a motive. What about you?" And he's like, "Uh, peer pressure." and it's really weird he's such a fucking strange character and it's why it's so good like his performance is just like Mm -hmm. chef's kiss he is very like pitiable in that moment he starts crying and he ad-libbed this line but it's like one of the best lines where he says my mom and dad are gonna be so mad at me yeah (laughs) and it's like probably gonna die but yeah 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 it's just such a weird thing Mm -hmm. to say to think like i love that it's like one of the best points in the movie honestly yeah Um, like the only thing you're concerned about with all this bloodshed is oh yeah my parents will be (laughs) (laughs) yes and then billy is like nope i'm not gonna let this happen i'm gonna get you and so sydney Mm -hmm. is actually hiding in the closet Mm -hmm. and she comes out and she stabs him in the chest with a umbrella mm-hmm. which is hilarious did you read about this no oh okay so <laughs> oh, so that wasn't uh that wasn't nev it was like a stuntman and because oh. there she's she's supposedly wearing the ghost face mask and she stabs billy in the chest mm-hmm. when they were setting up and like blocking that sequence 
Skeet Ulrich was like, okay, stay to the right side of my chest because I had heart surgery when I was a kid and I have a titanium plate in my chest. So you need to stay on the other side of my chest. And the idiot stuntman just stabbed him right in the place where he had a metal plate in his chest. So his reaction, he like screams and it's like a real person scream. It's not like a ah, movie scream. He's like, ugh. Oh God! It's terrible, and he falls to the ground. And they had to stop filming for that day because Wes Craven was like, "What the fuck? Did you just kill an actor?" <laughs> oh, that makes me sad. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> oh, also, kind of so hilarious. Funny. Yeah, that is hilarious. That ending sequence is pretty badass. Yeah. Uh, Sydney decides to go on and commit full-on murder. She drops a fucking TV on Stu's head, and mm-hmm. it explodes, and he's electrocuted to death, and she thinks that she has killed Billy, and then they have possibly the corniest part of the entire movie where Gail, Sydney, and Randy are standing over Billy's body, and Randy says careful this is the part where the supposedly dead killer gets back up to make one more surprise attack and billy does (laughs) yep and sydney shoots him in the fucking head yeah (laughs) it is violent like this movie is insane she just commits double homicide like oh you killed my mom bam bam yeah well i mean to be fair they they were trying to kill her i mean absolutely but a lot of the time i feel like you know, something else gets them or <laughs> yeah. it's like they die because, you know, of their wounds. Like they already had wounds. Yeah. And she was like, nope, I'm going to shoot you in the face. <laughs> Got to make sure you finish them off. They Absolutely. all movie murderers always come back to life. Yeah, they did a how cute many... thing. Where... Oh, sorry, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, how many times did Jamie Lee Curtis have to kill Michael Myers in that first movie? Honestly. Yeah. Anyways, what were you going to say? Oh, they did a cute thing, too, where Courtney Cox comes in when she's holding the gun and she's like, I have a better ending for you. And mm-hmm. she, like, reveals that she has everything on camera. And Sydney's like, I like that ending. And it's kind of cute. Again, totally yeah. hacky, corny, but cute. And it's like, okay, yes, Courtney Cox, you've redeemed yourself. You're yeah. good. Like, yes, 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 yes. And then um, <laughs> Sydney's last line is not in my movie. Not in my movie. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, God, that's adorable. Love and, that. And great. And totally cheesy, but perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just like a happy ending. It know? is. Uh, Courtney and David Arquette get married in their character's date. <laughs> and, yes. Uh, um, the falsely accused uh, guy, I don't remember his name. It's something Cotton, right? Yeah. Uh, he gets released from prison. Yep. And uh, Sydney and her dad are okay. Yeah. yeah. And they like can finally have some closure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's Scream. That's Scream. So interesting that you mentioned, um, obviously, Courtney Ark. <laughs> Well, she was Courtney Cox Arquette for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Courtney Cox and David Arquette getting together. So really interesting. Did you know that Nev Campbell and uh, Matthew Lillard dated for like three years? No, I did yeah. not know that. <laughs> they got together I... on this movie as well, oh, which I wow. found out. And I thought that was pretty cute. 
That's adorable. Yeah. Who's he, isn't he dating someone now? And people are making a big deal of it. Hold Is on. he? He's really popular right now, which I find interesting. Yeah, I feel like I feel like people just come back around sometimes. They do. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe I was wrong. I swear I saw that he was dating someone, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, he's dating." someone cut to. this part out <laughs> no don't worry about it <laughs> uh, but yeah yeah he's he's a big deal right now yeah did it's you know that these were actually um based off of a real murder or murders that happened yeah the Gainesville yeah. Ripper exactly I think that's interesting it's a, yeah. a fun little fact yeah, so the Gainesville Ripper was a murderer who killed five college students over the course of four days. Yeah, yikes. Uh, and he claimed his motive was to be a superstar. Disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, Very but disgusting. definitely provided some interesting uh, content. Yeah. yeah. Another uh, funny thing about this movie was, so it came out around Christmas time, which is interesting yeah, for a horror movie. It is. Um, before it even came out, Variety, I guess, published an article and said that this movie would be DOA. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's really sad. And the first weekend, I guess it didn't do very well in the box office. It made $6.4 million. Wow. Um, but the word of mouth, like people just raving about this movie made it so popular that it made a hundred million. Wow. Dollars? Yeah. I mean, it's big enough to where they made an entire like enormous franchise off of it. Yeah. Which <laughs> I also kind of find funny because I know they talked a lot in the movie about, Ooh, the sequel. Yeah. But I feel like that's very tongue in cheek. So then to actually go do a sequel is kind of like, Oh, like, we were making fun of this idea, and then you did it, which is fine. Right. I haven't seen this. Well, no, I just, I lied. I think I've seen the second one. I'm pretty sure. But I, I haven't seen any of the others. I mean, I honestly want to watch it, because I, I just love Timothy Oliphant. I have such a crush on him. Hmm. I think he is the cutest. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. How many did they make? Four? Was yeah. four the newest one? That's not so bad. It's in not. The world. Hey, I mean, so- how many Nightmare on Elm Street things did I count earlier? <laughs> Fucking like 50. Yeah. You were saying about the as far as franchises go, this is like a relatively small franchise. Yeah. And I, gosh, I really wish, maybe I should watch the other ones. I think I just remember the second one. Because they, so here's the thing, and I brought this up before, and I'm just gonna say it now mm-hmm. since we're talking about it. Because I know the second one takes place when they're in college. Yeah, I don't understand why so many like teen horror movies take place in high school. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you why right now, whether you want to hear it or not. Okay, <laughs> number one, where are the parents? Like, I understand. Like, in this movie, you know, her dad was on vacation. Where were Matthew Lillard's parents? Right. They're in his big mansion, which, by the way, apparently uh, was is a real house. Ooh. And uh, the owners died in that house. So, oh apparently, it was God. very spooky. Anyways. <laughs> but, yeah, there's never parents around, which I don't find to be realistic. Absolutely. Okay. Because when I was a teenager, my parents were always <laughs> 
too often. No, just kidding. No, I know exactly what you mean. Like, where are you going? Yeah. What are you doing? What's what's happening? Who right? are you hanging out with? Who's going to be at that party? Yeah. And I don't so know them. Like, you can't go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's like when you're on a college campus, like you kind of have that freedom because like, okay, maybe there's an RA and you're like, oh God, we got to sneak past my RA or something. Yeah. But there's no parents present really. It's not like you're going to run into like a professor or something. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a really good point. Oh, I think yeah. you just solved a huge horror movie problem. Well, Way to also, go. I, ha- I have more points. I have oh, more please, points. Please, please. The second thing, they always get actors that are in their mid to late 20s playing <laughs> high school kids. They do. <laughs> fine, fine, but it's weird. And three, this is, I have, I have an issue with this. Okay. And the older that I get and like being a mom now, I, I find this to be a giant issue. Okay. There's always so many sex scenes and like high school teen movies. Yes. And really it's like, are. It's like I understand I'm seeing, like, someone who is of legal age who is, like, actually 25, but they're supposed to be portraying a 15-year-old or, like, a 16-year-old, you know? Yes. yes. And it's it's creepy. It is. Like, if you really think about it, it's like, I don't want to be here, sitting here, a grown-ass <laughs> woman, watching people pretending to be high schoolers fucking. That's yes. so weird. I agree. Yeah. You know, there are some movies I will say that do an excellent job with that. And I feel like I actually address that. They're not horror movies, but like mm-hmm. Juno is a perfect movie about that mm-hmm. where it's like shows the awkwardness of it. Shows that like, Oh yeah. Kids really shouldn't be having sex. <laughs> Children really should be having sex. And I feel like American beauty um, did a really good job with that as well, where they like actually examined that. And they're like, is that normal? Is that normal for teenagers to be having sex? Like, probably not. They can't handle it. That's not a good thing for, like, development, etc. Like, and that's not what your whole life revolves around when you're a teenager. Yeah. Even though that's how the media portrays it. Yeah. And it's also just, like, even from, like, the adult gaze. Like, yeah. you're watching. Yeah, it's creepy. High schoolers. <laughs> I know they're not really, but like, I don't know, like the older I get, the more I'm like, why? Like yeah. you could solve all these issues by just making college age horror movies. And I know there right. are some, like I haven't seen Happy Death Day. I've heard a lot of good things about it. So I want to watch great. it. Yeah, I, I, I really liked it. Everybody was like, oh, this is so stupid. And uh, they did Freaky as well. Same people. And I thought that one was fabulous. They're very, talk about being self-aware, like those both of those films are exactly that where they're like all, so on the nose, but um, they're mm-hmm. very fun. They're very enjoyable. <laughs> I have to watch them. I've heard a lot of great things about uh, Happy Death Day particularly. but Yeah, we'll put it on the list yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. I actually want to say something about sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about this. I was thinking on our podcast and mm-hmm. how lucky we are to be able to do this. And I'm so happy that we just were recording another one. Um, and we've actually done like we've done a good little handful of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited to do sequels at some point. Yeah, like I that thought about fun. that, and I was like, oh, I kind of want to do like Candyman too. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, wouldn't that be fun? I'm just that. excited to get to that point. Like, there's yeah. always going to be another movie for us to review. But yeah, I just I've had that thought about sequels, especially reviewing this movie because it's part of a franchise. And I was like, it mm-hmm. is cool that we've done like 
all of these like originals, but it'll be fun to do sequels as well. And then kind of because we have laid the groundwork for doing the originals, we can like kind of go back and forth and, and reference like the original. Yes, I totally yes. agree. I I'm it. excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have any <sighs> final thoughts on this movie? Um, I think, oh, there's one thing that we need to talk about. Yes. So when you and I watched this together uh-huh. during Drew Barrymore's scene, you mm-hmm. said, Madison, do you think she's wearing a wig? I did. And I said, I don't know. It's hard to tell. And you said, me, I, I'm the same way. I don't know when people are wearing wigs. We had a whole conversation. And I want to definitively put this to rest that she was, in fact, wearing a wig. Okay. Makes sense. Because I couldn't see the part, but fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> it's very important to get that out. <laughs> Thank you. It was. It's a really good wig, honestly. <laughs> It is. It looks nice. It does. I like it. It's cute. Yeah. <laughs> I would yeah. wear that wig. <laughs> I know. I kind of want it. <laughs> right? That's okay. Actually, such great costume options for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what I want to bring up too? Oh my God. The thing that you said, the, the Twitter meme that you found um, during yes. the... <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So during this sequence, because we talked about it a little bit where there's like weird sexual tension between us, Stu and Billy. And it mostly comes from the fact that like they're covered in blood because they've just like committed murders and like Billy's kind of standing there and uh, Stu like comes up and like puts his chin on his like the crook of his neck basically mm-hmm. they're very like touchy-feely mm-hmm. yeah and there's uh there was a meme during june with that image and it said <laughs> happy pride to them <laughs> and really though happy pride to you too and happy pride to those two yeah in hell or uh wherever you are i don't know it's beautiful <laughs> love it love it yeah, I was yeah. thinking, I was like, we're definitely going to have to use that or, like, some version of that for uh, for the tweets. For the tweets. The promotional. The promos. Yeah. Yes. Well, this yes. was amazing. Thank you again, Marnie, for the suggestion. So much more fun than I could have ever imagined watching and doing this one. Yes, we loved this. We love this movie. This was a lot of fun to record. Yep. It was also 90s. Like, who doesn't love the 90s? I just, I feel like um, it's really nice because, you know, Stranger Things came out and there was a lot of 80s nostalgia. Yeah. And I feel like we're moving into, like, some 90s nostalgia. Yeah, but Fear Street. Which is good for me. Fuck itself, no. (laughs) Did you see the second one, though? No, I haven't watched it yet. Okay. For those of you at home, I just want to say, I'm going to put this out there. Yes. Okay. 1994 was fine. 1978, I think that's, I think that's the year. The second uh-huh. one, it's the 70s. Oh my God, that one was so good. I okay. love that one. I, um, like, I kind of want to go back and rewatch it because I'm so obsessed with it. Okay. Uh, 1666, I've seen a ton of people say that they love it. Okay. I did not like it. Okay. I, I liked how they wrapped things up. I felt the ending was very satisfying, but I still, I just couldn't get on board with it. So yeah, if you want to pick one, um, 
you might be confused because there is a storyline that runs through all three, Mm -hmm. uh, but (laughs) 78, that's the one. (laughs) That's the one. Gotcha. Maybe we'll, um, maybe I'll watch the other two and then we could do like another mini-sode since we did that like mini episode where we talked about uh, St. Maud and the 1994 one. Yes, that would be fun. Okay. Yeah, I just really, I think people would appreciate you and I shitting on the terrible <laughs> accents from 1666 together. Oh, great. I'm in for it. That's all you had to say. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So look out for that one. And um, Madison, it's your pick next week. Uh, what do you next week? Like we do this on a weekly basis. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> Who am I kidding? <laughs> what is your um, pick? <laughs> Can we do Carrie, the 1976 oh, one? My God. Yes, we can. Sweet. Of like, you even have to ask. Oh, I'm so excited. <sighs> I'm excited, too. It that will one will be, be really good. That will be fun. Also All a right. great costume option. Hell yeah. Doing Carrie. That's, that'd oh, be really fun. That'd be so fun. Are you kidding me? Like, getting a tacky, like, 80s prom dress. Oh, my God. I want to do that now. That would be really fun. I love that idea. Yeah, okay. we should do it. <laughs> well, thank you, Madison. This was a pleasure as always. Yes, thank you. Thank you to our listeners. Uh, thank you for sticking with us. We love as you. Always. Yep, we love you so much. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, if you just love us and you want to talk to us, um, we are on the social medias we are on twitter at potions underscore podcast tweet at us um if you have something more in depth that you don't necessarily want us to share or you do want us to share like marnie did you can specify in your email um email us at potions and poltergeist.com um um, um, we're also on tiktok yes yeah so follow us on there (laughs) yeah yeah and uh don't go changing. <laughs> Stay golden, <laughs> pony boy. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>